Beamer Tire and Auto Repair, now with three locations across the triad in High Point, Greensboro, and our new location in Kernersville. Beamer Tire and Auto offers full-service auto repair, all tire brands, free alignment checks, oil changes, and more. In Kernersville, check out the no-appointment-needed Quick Lube Shop. Check out their thousands of five-star ratings via Google and Yelp. They care because they know that you can go anywhere. So try a shop with a beating heart, not a bottom line. Beamer Tire and Auto Repair. Visit us on Facebook or at BeamerTire.com. Charlotte out of timeout. Here's Morning. The shot. Oh! Game over! He's going to get off. Here he comes. Here he comes. He's got him this time. It's going to be a drag race. Wow. They touch. They touch. Now Ponogorovsky with it. To the wedding front, lost there. Scramble for it there. They pump away at it. Still it's loose. Pumped out by Kovalchuk. They score! It's It's over! The runner at third, nobody out in the first and didn't score. Second and third, one out in the second and didn't score. Smith, corks one into right, down the line. It may go! Go crazy, folks! Go crazy! It's a home! Welcome to The Score. Here's your host, Brett Wiseman. Welcome to The Score with Brett Wiseman here on Tobacco Road Sports Radio, TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. Brett Wiseman, once again, for the first time in what seems like ages, alongside James Wilson. He's back, folks. Yeah, I'm back. Ready to talk about some sports. Uh, Can't lie to you guys. I was on vacation, but it did not feel like vacation. I was looking at all the headlines on my phone when I did have cell service, and uh, I'm not going to lie. It sucked because sometimes things would come through, but I couldn't text anybody be like, oh, my God, this just happened. So I kind of had to just twiddle my thumbs among my friends who do not care about sports at all. So it was pretty entertaining out there just having to sit there and debate myself in my head. So (laughs) that was pretty fun. Okay, don't lie to us. You do that regardless, whether you have cell service or not. You just have an internal debate on things. Absolutely. If you can't call me, yeah. I'll be my own devil's advocate on pretty much any topic, especially when it comes to football, because I know pretty much nothing about football. I, uh, I, just, I just like to watch it. I know, when, uh, I know what a touchdown looks like, so that's about it. <laughs> One thing you do know a lot about is the NBA, and we finally have you back on to use your expertise. Not that Dez doesn't have expertise in that regard, but... Um, the big, there's been a lot of big news in the past couple days, really bombshells dropping left and right. The biggest of which in relation to the playoffs, the Suns are in the Western conference final, but CP three is in COVID protocol. Now, as far as I know, he's vaccinated. So that could shorten the timeline of whether they play the jazz or the Clippers, however long that series goes, can, can they survive without him? Because he... He's been the main cog for them all year. You know, I really do think that the Phoenix Suns are a team that would have been good without Chris Paul. Now, would they have made the playoffs without Chris Paul? Absolutely not. Would they have finished with such a high seed? No. Chris Paul has such a great impact on a team, not just through facilitating, but he's also just a great leader. Um, Historically, I have been heavily critical of him, especially considering he is a hometown hero right here in Winston-Salem. 
Um, so for that reason, it, it might be surprise, uh, surprising to a lot of people to hear me talk this good about him. But I think Chris Paul is so good at being a leader and so good at being a facilitator, his impact can be seen without him on the floor. I think when he is in a good situation in a team that makes him happy among people who look to Chris Paul as one of the greatest to ever do it, they are good without him or with him. And here's my examples of this. New Orleans. He did not have a lot of great success there because he was a kid and no one took him seriously. And that's team, they didn't ever really give him the credit and say, hey, maybe we should just play through Chris Paul. Well, they never really did anything because of that because they didn't really refuse to do it through sheer arrogance. Then you go to the Clippers. Okay, They played through Chris Paul. They played through Blake Griffin. They played through DeAndre Jordan, former Texas A&M Aggie, might I, might, might I add. And they were good both with him and without him. Sure, injury is going to prevent you from being good, obviously. We know this. But they played through him. Houston, they had another guy. I'm not going to say that they didn't like having Chris Paul on the team because it seems, from what I could tell that they liked having him. But when you have another guy like James Harden, you're kind of just going to revert back to the old status quo when you have him on the team, but not Chris Paul. So that never really worked out. Oklahoma City is a perfect example of that, right? They loved having him. It was a bunch of kids. It was a bunch of kids, like literally half the roster was younger than you. And then half, I mean, you know, two or three guys were literally younger than me. So it, it, it was pretty crazy in that regard. So I think you do have a team in Phoenix that wants to win, but they know, hey, we need Chris Paul, but also, eventually, we're going to have to be able to do this without him. Eventually, we're going to have to be the guys who man up, okay? And I think there is the perfect example of a scoring guard who knows exactly when and how to man up, and that man's name is Devin Booker. Dude dropped 70 one time, okay? Let's not forget that. He's the current, in, in, in active NBA players, he has the highest single-game score. Okay, that is pretty impressive to me. Obviously, they did lose that game. That's kind of the story of Phoenix. But no, I don't think they need him to get through this, but I think it greatly reduces their chances. I agree, and your point is spot on. I think Phoenix would have been competitive. And look last year in the bubble. They went 9-10-0 in that stretch and came one game away from making the playoffs when they were, you know, they had to hand them that spot because they were half game ahead of whoever was behind them at that point. Mm -hmm. I think Phoenix would Phoenix would not have been at the top of the Western top three in the Western Conference without Chris Paul. No. And you're right, because it's it's not just his facilitation, it's his leadership, it's his Look, it's not like he's a, you know, it's not like he's just a facilitator. It's not like he's just a floor general as good as that at that as he is. He can't be stopped in terms of mid-range jump shots. Mm -hmm. That's hard to stop when you have somebody like DeAndre Ayton out there to give room to guys like him and Devin Booker. It creates a wealth of opportunity offensively for both of those guys, whether it's CP3 or Devin Booker. Um Yes, this is the team that would have been good regardless, and I think this is the team that will be somewhat competitive however long CP3 is out. But if he's out the majority of the series, it's not going to be much of a contest. You know, quickly that machine we... that... Excuse me. Go ahead. Quickly before we move on from this, you touched on the mid-range, right? And I wanted to just say this. 
When you are a god at shooting mid-range jump shots in 2021 in the NBA, you become almost unguardable. Now, sure, they are very tough shots, and percentage-wise, it is a bad shot, but the more and more people start to rely on threes and layups, the less people remember how to guard a mid-range jump shot. It, 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 it isn't as big a part of the game even as it was three years ago at this point. You know, it's complete. It's completely different. The game in that aspect has completely changed. And to your, to your point and kind of the, my point as well, CP three was the cog in that machine that was missing in the bubble last year. That, that, that floor general, that necessarily that they needed a veteran point guard, that they needed somebody to hold everything together. Because at times, offensively, you saw them get a little discombobulated, right? And CP3, as soon as he came into that fold, made everything mesh together well, and they just became almost unstoppable offensively. And again, they stand some sort of chance without him in the first few games, but if he's out the majority of the series, it's, whether it's Utah or the Clippers, regardless... And regardless of whether Kawhi plays or not, with we, we don't know what, what the extent of his knee injury is. There's no way. I don't think there's any way they, they pull it off. Uh, let's go to the Eastern Conference now. Milwaukee forces a Game 7. That'll be tonight uh, against the Brooklyn Nets. And you mentioned James Harden earlier on. Um, but it's not Giannis that's been carrying the load for Milwaukee. It's been Chris Middleton. Right. Yeah, it's been pretty impressive that way. Um, but I don't know exactly how much we expect. That's kind of been the problem in Milwaukee for, for years now is that they don't have a guy who you can absolutely go to when Giannis just can't do it. And I'm going to tell you this. It doesn't matter how great you are. Um, unless you are LeBron James, you're going to have a bad night in the playoffs, right? LeBron James is pretty much the only guy who can always do well regardless of how his team does in the playoffs. And I don't expect any player to be perfect. I expect you to have an absolute terrible game. I expect almost every player who wins a title, one of the, all the greatest players of all time, I expect you to have a terrible night. You're human, and that's what makes what you do so great, is that you don't do that all the time. You only do that once every month. You know what I mean? So Chris Middleton, to me, has been the backbone this team has needed all along. And what's funny is we talk about it, or at least I'm benching it as if he wasn't there. He's been there. You know what I mean? He's, he's, he's been, he's been there for as long as I can remember. So it doesn't surprise me that it was somebody who came from the inside. It doesn't surprise me that it's not one of those new pieces that they've went and got. It's, it's a guy who Giannis is friends with. It's a guy who this team knew about. And this team said, hey, look, we know Giannis is the guy, arguably one of the best scorers in the NBA right now, just in a weird way. Um, so it doesn't surprise me at all. But I can tell you this. They're not going anywhere without a big game from Giannis Antetokounmpo. This is likely one of the best games in the playoffs, this Game 7 between the Brooklyn Nets and the small market Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, how much more how much more storytelled can you get? This is how why much I got more of a dichotomy NBA. can you get than that? Well, this is why I got an NBA. It's so diverse. You've got a, a random city, a tiny town in Wisconsin. No offense to Milwaukee. I've been there. It's a great little town, but it's a tiny little town. 
Um, you got a tiny town in Milwaukee led by this, you know, absolute Greek beast. And then you've got this giant city in the form of Brooklyn led by 18,000 headed monster with all these talents and all these MVP awards and all these every other thing and all this talent ready to go. And that to me is just so exciting because you don't know what's going to happen. That is so exciting. This is why this is one of the best playoffs in sports. Okay, I love this. I love it definitely more than the NFL playoff, definitely more than the MLB playoff. Hockey playoff, that's pretty close, but I'm going to have to give it to the NBA. That is the kind of game we're looking forward to. It's going to be one heck of a Game 7. It's the two best words in sports, right? Game 7. Right. Uh, Let's get to some other storylines here while we can. Um, Kemba to the Thunder, um, that is something that you and I both feel pretty strongly about now that it's gone down. Um, In case you missed it, last week the story broke from Bleacher Report that Celtics tried heavily to trade Kemba for Drew Holiday uh, last offseason. And that didn't work. Kemba was more than displeased with that. And there's been a rift ever since. And now, as a result, he's sent to OKC um, for Al Horford. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm pretty disappointed regarding all of what happened and all of what went down. Uh, I'll give you guys the details of this trade. Excuse me. I'm, I'm a huge Kimba Walker fan. I don't know how many people might understand or know this. My, I have a cat. His name is Kimba. I love Kimba Walker. He got me into basketball, and he also got me into sports. I don't know where I would be if I didn't watch that, that game where, where Kimba balled out um, years and years ago. I still remember the first game I ever watched of him. But anyways, so Boston sends Kimball Walker, a, their 16th pick this year, the first rounder um, for this year's draft, and a 2025 second round pick. And all they get in return is they're bringing Al Horford back, which is interesting, Moses Brown and a 2023 second. And I, I, I can't make it known enough to our listeners, we are in the Charlotte Hornets market here in Winston-Salem. I know a lot of you guys don't necessarily watch the NBA. I know up here it's college football, it's NASCAR, it's you know baseball. Kimball Walker epitomized what Charlotte needed in sports. There was a time when Charlotte was one of the most depressing cities in sports because all we had was a fledgling NFL team in the form of the Carolina Panthers and a very, very struggling Charlotte Bobcats franchise. When the Hornets got their name back and when Kimba started to become one of the greatest players and he passed Al Jefferson as the best player on the team, this city finally felt something. You made the playoffs with him twice and that, that second year against Miami, it became something. It became it became it became something that mattered for a small fan base in a city that was being overshadowed now by the extremely strong Carolina Panthers with, you know, a, a, an all-star cast, including the coach, including some of the players on, on both sides of the ball. So they became overshadowed by something that was a few blocks away. And to this day, I would say, even though the Hornets have now picked up the pace, they are definitely far stronger than they were 
um, in years past, people are still going to put the, the struggling Panthers ahead of them now. And that's just, it's really sad. And to me, I'm, I'm happy for Kimba. I hope this makes him happier. Um, I can't say what I expected. I knew we weren't going to trade for him. I knew the money wasn't there. I know the Hornets aren't going to trade for a guy like that, um, clearly, because we'd have to ship away some really good talent to make the money work. But also, we'd have to... We'd get worse. And that is the hardest part, is to admit the fact that if we were to bring back the greatest player in this franchise's history, we would... We would be worse. And it's, it's, it's a hard realization. And I encourage all Hornets fans to just be happy for Kimba. Because we know this. We know Kimba grew up in the Bronx in New York City. He went to Rice High School, which is a famous basketball high school. He played against, um, against Derrick Rose at Madison Square Garden for a championship game. Um, and, 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 and he had the entire city around his finger, this undersized point guard. He goes to UConn, and what does he do? He goes there for three years, and he plays his heart out. And in 2011, he wins in one of the greatest title runs in college basketball history. And then he gets picked ahead of guys like you know, Kawhi Leonard. Uh, Charlotte believed in this kid. And they, they drafted him, they brought him in, they, they gave him a really good shot. He actually wore number one for the first year, but Kimba Walker is one of the greatest basketball players ever. And it doesn't matter about his numbers, I don't care what you can say about the awards he won. What I could say is that this guy means so much to me, so much to the city of Charlotte, and I, just, I hope he's happy. I hope Oklahoma City makes him happy. He liked the small market. I think Boston was a bit big for him. He did everything he could to embrace that city, but I don't blame him for getting a little upset. That city is that's pretty, pretty toxic in sports. So, yeah, good luck in, good luck in Oklahoma City, Kimba. Yeah, and I just think, personally, I think he's a small market guy, just – I think he fits better in a market like that. Uh, who do we see coming out of the semifinal series real quick? Yeah, I'm going to have to go with, um, excuse me, I'm going to have to go with the semifinals. We're going to have to look at uh, Philadelphia and Atlanta. I think Atlanta, they've they've done it. They, they're, they're coming out of it. So they're going to make the conference finals for the East. Uh, between Brooklyn and Milwaukee, I do think – Brooklyn is going to figure it out. Unfortunately, it's going to be a little bit more of the same for Milwaukee. So your conference finals in the East will be Atlanta and Brooklyn. And for the West, Phoenix has already won. They actually swept Denver in one of the, I mean, actually the one of only two sweeps these entire playoffs. So that is pretty interesting. But between Utah and the Clippers, unfortunately, I do think the Clippers are going to put Utah away. So that's going to be one more game for them. And yeah. Your Western Conference Finals is going to be the Clippers versus the Phoenix Suns. I agree. I think Atlanta has Philly on the ropes, especially after that comeback the other night. Um, and I think that the Clippers treat Game 6 as their Game 7 because they don't want it to go back to Salt Lake City. So they're going to take care of business at home uh, and, and advance on to play the Phoenix Suns. When we come back, we'll get to the Stanley Cup playoffs here on The Score. 
Back here on The Score with Brett Wiseman here on Tobacco Road Sports Radio, TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. Brett Wiseman, very pleased to once again be joined by the one and only James Wilson. Uh, J-Dub's Stanley Cup playoffs um, have also gotten pretty interesting uh, since you were away. Tampa Bay is up 2-1 on the Islanders. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens, uh, who Christian Emery and I talked about last week, uh, it'd be lucky if it went five, maybe six, but now it's one, one going back north of the border and Montreal has looked really, really good in terms of their ability to match Vegas's physicality and slow them down. Um, and Vegas is one of those teams that when you match their style, they don't like it. And Montreal has figured out how to do that. And with as physical a fourth line as they had, which scored two of the four goals the other night in Game 2, Montreal has a much better shot than I think any of us anticipated. Yeah, you know what's impressive to me is, you know me, I got into hockey just a few years ago when I began working for the Carolina Thunderbirds. And what I think people need to remember, especially for... North Carolina, where a lot of our fans might just be Thunderbirds fans first and Carolina uh, Hurricanes fans second. We need to go back just a few years ago when the Montreal Canadiens didn't just have a bad year. They had one of the worst years in their history. By the way, they're one of the oldest teams in hockey. They also have the most Stanley Cups out of any team. So them having one of their worst years really was bad. People literally... I mean, I, I remember people who, who, who hate the Canadians. They said, I feel bad for the Canadians. They don't deserve this. They're doing their best. They can't figure it out, okay? This wasn't like the Red Wings from a few years ago where we knew from, 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 from management up it was all on purpose. This isn't like Buffalo where they just, they're incompetent. Montreal was a team that wanted to win and bad and seemed to just always struggle. And now the fact that they're tied 1-1 and they're, you know, three wins away from playing for the Stanley Cup, talk about a comeback. Talk about a turnaround. That's why hockey's impressive, okay? This team hasn't changed that much, but the mindset did. And that is why they're winning hockey games now. And I'm so excited for them. I'm so impressed. I cannot wait for this team to figure it out. No matter what, I'll be pretty satisfied with the winner because the four teams we have left in the Stanley Cup playoff are, are great teams. There's only one team I absolutely abhor, and I do not want them to win, and that's purely simple. Tampa Bay, I can't stand them. Don't want them to win because they beat Dallas last year. So I don't want them to go back. I don't want them to do anything. Um, so obviously I'm cheering for the Islanders in that regard. But if you guys didn't watch this year, we, we, we begged of you to please watch the Stanley Cup playoff. And if you didn't watch it, shame on you. But I'll tell you this, hockey's going to be coming back just after the summer, so you can always start again next year. But you can always just watch the next game. You can always just watch the the Golden Knights play the Canadians. Just jump in. It doesn't matter anymore. Just watch a game and be entertained, because this is very impressive. What what we're seeing out of all these teams has been great. Almost every series is so good. Vegas had to go to seven games in the first round, and then they could barely beat the Avalanche in six games. So we're seeing a lot of great hockey. And what I like about the Stanley Cup playoff, more so than any sport, every single team, and more so than football, and I know this is going to sound crazy, more so than the NFL playoff, every single team could win the Stanley Cup. 
Okay, you go to the NBA playoff. No, not every team's gonna. There are teams that you know have such a small chance of winning. It it, it couldn't be. It's incalculable, right? MLB playoff, same thing. In the Stanley Cup playoff, every single team could win it, and that is why it's good. That is why you should watch it. You don't have to know hockey. You don't have to know the first thing. You don't have to know a first player's name. But watch at least one game. You won't regret it. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> and look, here's the thing about that Tampa Isle series. Tampa's the defending Stanley Cup champion. Mm-hmm. They're playing like it. But the Islanders have this... They have this quality about them that I haven't seen in the team in quite a while. Yes. In that they're not afraid of anybody. Mm-hmm. They know they have the talent to match up with them. When you have a guy like Matt Barzell that's leading the, the cog in this machine, and Tampa's fourth line, a lot like what we talked about with Montreal's, plays a similar style. Tampa is another one of those teams that when you match their combination of speed and skill and, and physicality, uh, and that fourth line comes out and starts beating and banging all over the place, the Islanders have had that same quality to them all year. And Tampa's another one of those teams that when you match their style, they don't like it, which is why every one of these games has been insanely close so far. And why I, I look, Tampa's up 2 1. Game four is tonight, but I don't see Tampa, I don't see either team with as much of an edge over the other right now because they're playing so tight, they're playing so close, there's no room to do anything at any portion of the 200 feet of the ice, and when you talk about making a team play a 200-foot game, it's happening on both ends of the ledger here, so this could easily go seven and it could be a, a physically tolling series on whoever comes out of here, giving the advantage to whoever comes out of the other semifinal. Do you know what we're seeing? Everybody talks about this. Um, you hear Ramona Shelburne and Rachel Nichols and all these other NBA greats talk about how, or NBA media greats talk about how the NBA is truly a copycat league, which it absolutely is. We are forgetting how much of a copycat league the NHL is becoming. Let's go back a few years. Washington wins the Stanley Cup. Years of torment and torture with one of the greatest players in hockey who could never seem to figure it out. One of the greatest punching bags, one of the greatest jokes in the NHL was Alex Ovechkin didn't have a ring. Well, now he does. Okay? Who did he beat to do it? Vegas. First year. They were physical. Okay? I'd say the next two teams I'm about to mention, they embodied this. They epitomized this. They played each other in the Stanley Cup final. And that was St. Louis and Boston. They, I don't even, I said Boston with a Boston accent. My fault, you guys. I, I do not like the city of Boston. Anyways, they played each other with physicality and skill, okay? No team had really done it as good as they did with the energy as good as they did because no team was as conditioned as St. Louis and Boston was. And I'll tell you, we talk about how you should never say this and how this isn't true. And if you, if you played on a sports team, this is not a true statement about how you should never say they wanted it more. St. Louis wanted it more. That's a fact. You can't tell me otherwise. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're Wayne Gretzky. Well, Wayne, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to son you right here, buddy. St. Louis wanted it more, period. End of story. How do I know this? Because I know some of the most knowledgeable St. Louis Blues fans in the history of the league. I know a family who had been watching it since the team was born, and that's your family, Brett. But anyways, moving on. 
Vegas is now trying to be that physical team, but here's the problem. They have the skill, they have the physicality, they have the energy until they meet that same thing. That's what's killing them, is they can do it if they're playing somebody who isn't doing it to them. That is the ultimate weak point. That is the thing that might cause Vegas to miss a Stanley Cup. But yeah, totally right. And look, this is a team that I think has been a cup contender for a couple of years now. Pretty much their entire, I mean, they got to the cup final. Their entire franchise history, yeah. Yeah, they got to the cup final their inaugural year. But a team like Montreal, a fan base that's been waiting for for what seems like forever. I do have that pulled up. We will talk about that. Yeah, now they have the best chance they have had since that point Mm -hmm. to get there. And if anything else, now they have fans back in Montreal going back tied 1-1. It's not going to be full capacity like it was in Vegas, but good Lord. I mean, you want to talk about Bell Center rocking for the first time in a long, long time. It's going to be. Let's talk about history, okay? I know that's a that's a that's an abrupt change of pace, but let's talk about history here. We're going to eliminate Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, relatively young team. They've got a lot of cups. They've got a lot of talent. They're a team that's been very good for the past couple of years. Their feeder teams have been really good. They've won a couple Calder Cups with some of their teams. Syracuse Crunch, I've seen them play personally. Very great organization <clears throat> up in upstate New York. Not sure if that's still their AHL team, but moving on. <clears throat> Excuse me. History. History will be made here as long as Tampa Bay doesn't win, and here is why. Tampa Bay, they won last year, okay? They'll go back-to-back, something I don't think they've ever done, even though they've been very good for very many number of years. Well, Tampa Bay is also about $18,000 billion over the salary cap because they were able to circumvent some rules, which means they have about, if we're being serious here, about $20 million worth of talent that they that other teams just can't compete with. And for those who don't watch hockey, that is a crap ton of money. That is an insane amount of money. For guys who know NBA money, think about $45 million is about my estimation. I didn't do any math on this for actual comparison's sake, but my guess, my mind wants to say it's about $45 million. So imagine one team in the playoff has about $45 million worth of payroll more than the other team. That's what we're seeing right here in hockey. There's not a lot of money in hockey. $18 million is a huge amount. Anyways, we're not going to talk about Tampa Bay. They're the villains of this season. They were the villains for me last year. History will be made regardless. In Vegas, you have a team who made the Stanley Cup final in their first year, is led by one of the fan-favorite goalies, Marc-Andre Fleury, when they let him play, which it seems that they've been doing for you know this year. That was controversial last year. But you have two teams in two great franchises who have been in their market for centuries now in New York and the Montreal Canadiens. The Montreal Canadiens are the hockey team, okay? They're literally called the Canadiens. It's just spelled with an E. They won the Stanley Cup. In fact, I believe they're the last Canadian team to win the Stanley Cup in the 1993 season. 1992-93 season. They haven't won it since then. When we go to the Islanders, they haven't won it since 82-83. Vegas hasn't won it at all. This is history in the making. This is teams that that want it so bad. And these are markets that are brilliant hockey markets. Brilliant hockey markets, okay? The Long Islanders are awesome, okay? My uncle is a Sabres fan now. 
But he grew up in Long Island. Huge, huge Islanders guy. That whole island, they love the Islanders, dude. That is their team. They don't care about baseball. They barely care about the New York Jets. They barely care about all these teams. Don't talk to the Mets. I don't care. Don't bring up the Mets. Whatever. The New York Islanders are literally named after their location. They love that team. They love that team. But I'll tell you this. All of our neighbor to the north, all of our hat in Canada is cheering for the team that bears their nationality's name in the Montreal Canadiens, okay? They don't care who wins, or they, they don't care who makes it, as long as the Canadians beat them. I'll tell you that. So this is such a fun rivalry. You've got literal international rivalries. This, is, this brings back 2019 NBA Finals things, where it's between a team in California and a team in Toronto who had never made it before, and Canada won. This is so much history, so much love, and I swear to God, if Tampa Bay ruins it by winning, I'll be very upset. There's so many storylines at play that don't involve Tampa Bay. You know what I mean? By the way, Vegas would not be setting the record. We talked about this, uh, you and I did, personally, in terms of, in the modern era, quickest teams to be born and win a title is the Milwaukee Bucks. They did it in three years. They were born in 68. They won it all in 71. But this would be the next best thing, and it would be the most recent version of that. This would be the next best record, and we'd be seeing it right here and now. I don't you know the I don't know what I don't remember the exact year they were formed, but uh, you know it'd be what five five years four years. Uh, Vegas came in in eighteen, so it'd be three years. Te- Three, three and a half years, yeah. yeah. So it's, this is crazy. This is crazy. This is insane. This is everything I want for a hockey playoff. This is exactly why I love the NHL. Because it's never the same thing twice, but it's in such a good way. You can't get bored of it. You know there's so many storylines, and it's not stuff that you have to pull out of your butt. All these things are so impressively great, and all these things matter so much more than anybody realizes, and that's why it's so good. It's not artificial. They don't have to force it on you. They don't have to make up these crazy scenarios as to why that's so important. It just is important. It just is so great. It's so fun. If you don't like hockey, watch these games. I would actually recommend watching the Vegas Canadiens game. That would be my hockey game to watch. Watch that game. Be enjoyed. No doubt. This is going to be so much fun the rest of the way, including once we get to the cup final. Uh, When we come back, we'll get to uh, a regular season that's still in progress and a pretty good one at that. There's some storylines in Major League Baseball to talk with as well. Next. Looking to tailgate this summer? Stop by One Stop on the way. One Stop number 6, located just one mile west of East Forsyth at 2748 West Mountain Street in Kernersville. One Stop serves fresh fried chicken and our famous taters seven days a week from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. Feeding a crowd? Get 16 pieces of chicken and sides for just $27.99. Craving wings? Come try our new spicy breaded wings. Get a five-wing meal with six taters and a roll for just $7.39. Now in regular hot ranch or spicy. One stop number six, 2748 West Mountain Street in Kernersville. Back here on the score with Brett Washington here on Tobacco Road Sports Radio, Tobacco Road Sports Radio. 
Facebook.com. Finally back alongside James Wilson and uh, J-Dub. Major League Baseball has also escalated in terms of storylines since you were away. Oh, my God. The big, the biggest of which being uh, Major League Baseball's crackdown on what's known as, and I don't know how much you know about this, but sticky stuff, as oh, yeah. it's known. Pit- Pitchers using foreign substances to get themselves better grip on the ball. Right. Um, better curve, better rotations. Something we all know yeah. about, but we pretend doesn't exist. Yes, we've we've pretended is not a thing. Therefore, now MLB has started to crack down on it, but to the point where it's almost getting overzealous. And here's the other problem. There's a 10-game suspension now if you're caught with, with any form of it. Even if it's, you know, sunscreen, which you're not even trying to use. You're trying to use as, you know, its intended purpose. Right. Sunscreen. You, if you have any of that. a game played in the middle of the day in the summer. Yes. But if you use that, uh, you get a 10-game suspension. Okay. Rob Manfred wants, wants to have to pay a bunch of um, – Money because some player dies from melanoma. That's a laugh riot, isn't it, Rob Manfred? That's stupid. Don't put these guys in danger. I get it. It's the it's it's sunburn. No, you can get literal cancer from this. Let them have sunscreen on. Maybe I don't know. Supply it to them so you know there's no sticky. I was gonna say sticky situation, but literally no sticky situation. By the way, sunscreen is very slippery. If anything, they're going to lose the ball, especially on like really hard pitches. Okay. Let's talk about this for a second. And it's sad that even I know the hypocrisy that is coming down from the major leagues. Okay, let's let's break this down. Let's break this down. The MLB, what did they actively announce they would try to do? Deaden the ball, right? Am I wrong? Okay, are we are we all cool? Everybody listening? Brett, you good so far? Yep, yep, yep. The ball yep, has been yep. deadened. We know this. They did it. Okay, so now the pitchers are having historically great seasons. They're basically throwing no-nos every single game. The The record hasn't been set. Or some guy's already thrown uh, 60 no-nos, and he's only played 30 games, but somehow we were letting him happen. Um, maybe, just maybe, it's not the sticky stuff. Maybe it's the fact that we did in the ball. Maybe the pitcher now has an advantage that was maybe abrupt. Uh, just maybe the MLB did this, and now they're trying to blame it on the pitchers? Dude, dude, dude. This is exactly what I'd expect out of the MLB or the NFL. They make a change because they want to see something. Then they overcorrect the problem. They don't like the result of the change they decided to make. So then they start looking at rule changes that paint the picture to make them look like the heroes, preventing all this great MLB cheating Especially right now, especially in the scenario they're in with the, one of the famous cheating scandals in, in most recent years. I actually literally can't think of a recent one that comes to memory outside of the Houston Astros. I don't, I'm not surprised by the MLB at all. Okay, I don't want to talk about this for the whole segment, but I'm not surprised by the MLB at all. Shame on the MLB. I'm, I'm not surprised in any way, shape, or form when Rob Manfred comes up with something, some other way to further screw every one of us over. Mm-hmm. Not just guys, not just fans like us, but guys in the sport. I mean, look at uh, uh, Spencer Boyd of the uh, uh, Detroit Tigers right. the other night. 
No one complained about the color of his glove until Wednesday night when he was asked to change gloves because there was a discoloration on his black glove that looked gray. No one until mid-June complained about it because MLB suddenly decided to start this crackdown kind of thing. Yeah, do you know what this uh, is? Because, what is it? They saw a couple no-nos and said, oh, this won't continue. They didn't yep. worry about it. They brushed it off. They said, we'll be dead in the ball, of course. No, bruh, this is something that's going to continue happening, okay? And this is something that's been happening for the longest time, and nothing's happened. Nobody's complained about it. Why is this an issue now? I don't know why the MLB... This is good. And we talked about this um, almost a month and a half ago, and you asked from a new baseball fan's perspective, do I like the deadening of the ball? And I said yes, and here's why. Yes, the deadening of the ball slows down scoring, but do you know what also does? It speeds up the game, guys. Let's not forget, you cannot move on without three outs. Okay? That's how an MLB game goes. There's not a clock. You need three outs to keep going. Okay? So the deadening of the ball speeds up the game. It makes it easier to watch because it's not taking forever. But in that same regard, of course you're going to see some really good pitching, some strong pitching. What do you expect? This is this is this is pathetic. This is pathetic. We might have to do like an after show or something because this is just this is this is silly. It's so dumb. And look, I was talking to uh, the head coach of the uh, Disco Turkeys the other night, uh, Kirk Cabana, and he said, "Look, if it's my guys out there, and of course it's in the same level, but look, if it's my guys out there." I want sticky stuff to be out there. I I don't necessarily want somebody with no absolutely little to no control over a a, a mini flying missile. And you know, you know what? that's coming at my guy's head if he can't control it. I guarantee you, if you did a vote among the managers, they're going to say, "I want it," so I'm therefore willing to let the other teams have it too. Because it's not about that. Look, that you deal with the, you know, the, you know, the the possible ad- advantageous aspect of it. But if you can use pine tar as a hitter, if you can use rosin as a pitcher, if you can put pine tar in your bat, why can't it, if the batter can use pine tar, why can the pitcher not use pine tar? It doesn't make any sense. And that's coming from somebody that's watched baseball his whole life. It's never been mm-hmm. an issue. It has never once been an issue until now. Do you know what this would be like? Uh, what? This is this is a rough analogy, so bear with me here, guys. This would be like a bunch of quarterbacks are starting to get head injuries because they keep getting sacked really hard. And what does the NFL do? They say, well, maybe you should get in the pocket. Maybe you should just go down. Maybe you should just spike the ball. This is exactly what is going on. That is how stupid this is. I'm trying to make it an NFL analogy for people who don't know baseball that well. That is what's going on. Something is hurting a certain position, and they're then blaming that certain position. Okay? Pitchers are trying to do their jobs. They're trying to throw absolute missiles so that the guy who's trying to hit the ball cannot hit it. That is the entire point of the game. They want to throw it to the catcher, and they want to trick the guy with the stick in his hands so he can't hit it. Not a hard concept. Okay, if he throws it 30 miles an hour, that guy's going to hit the ball. This is this is sad. This is sad. I know we have other headlines, but this is sad. I'm just saying. 
It, it really is. It is incredibly sad. And it, it's the point we're at right now. Um, let's look at some other storylines here. We're coming up on the All-Star break. Uh, this is the point in time that I've always told you about where we get a sense of where teams are going when you approach the July 31st trade deadline, which is your buyers or sellers, contenders or pretenders. We get a good sense of where teams are at um, and who's going to be contending and who's not. Mm-hmm. Um the Cardinals have plummeted to fourth place, but that's more indicative of the injuries that have absolutely riddled this team as far as anything else so far, so much so pitching-wise that they've now had to go outside the organization and sign three guys because it, they're, they're that strapped for the pitching depth and their ace goes down in Jack Flaherty and then two other starters go down. And I mean, at this point, they're just plucking guys off the street to go out there and eat innings. Um the Diamondbacks lost their 23rd road game in a row the other night, thanks to a grand slam from uh, Carl Yastrzemski's uh, grandson, uh, Mike, of the San Francisco Giants, who are surprising everyone by leading the NL West ahead of the Dodgers and the Padres. Um, unexpectedly, the four, four of the three of the <clears throat> four best records in the league right now mm-hmm. are the three lowest payrolls in all of Major League Baseball. San Francisco, Tampa Bay, and Oakland. And then Tony La Russa's Chicago White Sox have the other one who I picked to make the World Series. I'm just throwing that out there because uh, I knew they were going to be good, and they are. Um, well, the only base team, baseball team in Chicago, it represents that whole city, so it's really great. Well, here's the other thing. As much as I hate the city of Chicago, I will say it's it's pretty wonderful to see that city, as much as I hate it, buzzing as it is. Yeah. I love White Sox fans. You know, even, even I mean, seeing Wrigley at full capacity, even though the Cardinals got swept, that was fun because the energy in Wrigley was back. The, the vitriol for me as a fan was back. Um, guaranteed rate field on the south side, full capacity. Uh, all ballparks will be at full capacity come July 4th. So the, the time is coming where, you know, if you haven't watched baseball because – it's lacked fan support. It's lacked full crowds like a lot of other uh, sports have and maybe lost some of the energy. No, regardless of where the team is that you're watching, if the ballpark is full, watch because it's going to be fun. With that, we'll say goodbye for this week. For James Wilson, good to have you back, buddy. Good to be back. I'm Brett Wiseman. Uh, enjoy the Stanley Cup playoffs. we got NBA playoffs heating up and... Uh, Major League Baseball coming down the home stretch of the first half of the season. Enjoy it, folks.